right. Well, are we ready? Do we want to start? I think so. Okay. Yay. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> we are the Belladonna Watch Club. Get comfy with us while we dig into shows, so iconic shows and movies that one of us has never seen. And so the rules are one of us has seen it and the other one is coming with fresh eyes. So who are you? I am your co-host. I'm Jenny. I'm a sometimes actress, uh, currently based in the UK, but I'm from Canada. We grew up together, didn't we? Yes, we did. We actually yes, determined we did. the other day that it's been 20 years as of September that we've known each other. What better way to celebrate than with a podcast, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Media-wise, I was raised on Buffy and British comedy dramas. And uh, that's my little background, I guess. Uh, also, I use she, her pronouns. I'm Lisa. I also use she, her pronouns. I... I'm based in Ontario, Canada. Uh, I we did we grew up together, and that's how we know each other. Even though we are all the way on other sides of the world right now, um, I am a mom of two, two little girls. I really love video games. Like cozy gaming is just like my whole gem right now. Like Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, Disney Dreamlight Valley. I'm really really into cozy gaming and crocheting. Um, like, I basically feel like I'm a bit of a grandma. Like, everything that I like to do, like, I like to bake and I like to crochet. And I just really like cozy and homey. And I used to be pretty extroverted and have a very uh, active social life. But now I'm I'm happy being at home. I'm very happy being at home and sleeping when <laughs> I can. Softened in your adulthood. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Quite a bit. Um, in terms of media, uh, in terms of like what I what I grew up with, I'm I used to watch a lot of true crime stuff with my parents. Well, not my parents. My really? dad's terrified of it. He no, not my dad, <laughs> but my mom. So like Criminal Minds and CSI and Law and Order, like all of those. Oh, yeah, uh, that was really really big in my house. Uh, my dad and I would always watch the older movies and older stuff like. Uh, one of my favorite things to watch with him was the Guys and Dolls with uh, Frank Sinatra and Ocean's Eleven, like all of that stuff I used to watch with my dad. And he'd always be the one that I'd be able to rope into watching Disney with me. Um, <laughs> so I was very much mistaken when I said I watched True Crime with my parents. It was like Disney and like 50s, 60s with my dad <laughs> and True Crime mm -hmm. with my mom. Um that was but one of yeah. the things we bonded over, wasn't it? It was sort of the classic films and Frank Sinatra and, and the old school stuff. Yeah, that's a good point because we met in music theater class. So there was a lot that's of right. of classic music and Broadway and oldies and that kind of stuff. Oh, that was really fun. And what are we doing here? So we are watching General <laughs> the Gilmore Girls. Uh, so I've seen it. I've seen all of it, and you have not. I have not. Nope, nope. <laughs> Somehow, despite being uh, in love with TV in the late 90s, early 2000s, I, I, I never came across it, and it never really entered my, my viewing experience somehow. I've heard about it, of course, and I've had people um, tell me about it and tell me how much they love it, but it just uh, 
never came never came my way but we are writing that wrong and uh, oh, yes. and discuss it together <laughs> absolutely so <laughs> i didn't watch it when it was first airing i was too young i think for the show when it was first airing but my sister i think saw a bit of it it was definitely familiar to me and i remember maybe it was just from flipping through the channels and seeing bits of it was i was trying to find something else to watch because it came out in 2000 which means i would have been 11 and I think that was like a, just, just a bit too mature. Mm-hmm. I think I was watching SpongeBob when I was eleven. So <laughs> whereas I, I was watching stuff that was like age fourteen or fifteen plus when I was about seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started watching Buffy when I was eight, and uh, and then we were watching like um, British uh, drama shows that were supposed to be like. PG-13 and I was six you know <laughs> I, I read a lot I don't think I watched like a ton of TV I read mm-hmm. a lot I was like babysitter's club all the time <laughs> so yes so we're watching the Gilmore Girls um I finally got through the whole season when it came on to Netflix maybe five six years ago uh maybe a little bit longer than that I'm not sure time is time means nothing to me now that I have children <laughs> I have no idea how long it's been since anything. And so I watched the whole series. And then when the reboot came out or the year in the life, the extra bit that they just launched, I watched that too. But every fall, I just crave Gilmore Girls. It's so cozy. And the way that they do up all the sets and like, it's just, it's, it's just warm and festive and seasonal. And every single October, actually probably, if I'm being honest, it's like August because August I'm done with. <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, let's just like turn up the air conditioning, put on a sweater. And Autumn begins in August. <laughs> I have a really hard time with that. We're going to pretend. We're going to pretend it's actually autumn. Yes. We're going to jump into Gilmore Girls. Yes. All right. So season one, episode one, pilot. I tried to do a brief synopsis of it. But so much happens and they introduce so many important things in such a short amount of time. But essentially, we're introduced to Lorelai and Rory at Luke's diner. So iconic Luke's diner. Two things are apparent very quickly. Lorelai has a caffeine addiction and she was a teen mom and with a now teenage daughter. So she's in her early 30s. She's 32 when we first meet her and Rory is 16. Um, and so from there, basically we just, we get so many glimpses of, of what's important and kind of what's to come. So we, we see the dragonfly in where Lorelai works and it shows that even though she was a teen mom, she's thriving and successful. Um, we get like a huge splash of the wit and banter that is the the whole series is renowned for its quick wit and like really rapid lines and so a lot of that comes up with even just in the first few minutes of the show we get a a huge blast of that uh then it goes to following rory a little bit more so it shows her at school and how she's very studious and how she doesn't fit in with the other girls because she's actually doing the work and she works hard and she's very academic whereas Maybe the other small town students are not quite so much. Cut to Lorelai finding out that Rory has been accepted to Chilton, the very prestigious private school that uh, is basically going to hopefully accelerate her 
studies to get her into an Ivy League school. She's wanted to go to Harvard her whole life. The caveat being that Lorelai doesn't actually have the tuition money. So she has to go talk to her parents and ask for the tuition money, which is problematic in itself because Lorelai and her parents have a very strained relationship. So mm. it was extremely difficult for Lorelai to go ask for the money while at the exact same moment, Rory meets a boy and decides she doesn't want to go to Chilton anymore. So, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Right. so big family drama ensues. And one of the conditions of Lorelai's parents giving her the money is that they need to come to Friday night dinners every Friday night for an indeterminate period of time. And so Lorelai and Rory get into it. Everybody's angry and they end up at Friday night dinner. And then Lorelai and her parents end up arguing, which is, you know, you see that coming from a mile away. You can just feel the <laughs> tension when she goes to ask for the money. You know that it's just not a good scene. And the episode ends with Rory realizing how much it's actually costing her mother to send her to this school and sort of conceding to wanting to go to the school as, a, as an olive branch to her mom basically being like, I realize how much you're sacrificing for, <laughs> for me to go to this mm. school. So a lot happens in this episode. <laughs> and that was really hard to summarize, but I think it was as concise as I could get it. <laughs> You're right. A lot happens in just the first episode. I feel like I know these people already. Um, so reminder, I have never seen the show at all. I'm watching these episode by episode. Um, and I already just by the end of well, by like partway through the first episode, I feel like I have friends. I feel like I know these people and I care about them. And I feel like I know the whole town. Um, one of the first things that was apparent to me is that despite the show being called Gilmore Girls, it's it really seems like it's a show about the people of the town and about the town. So like, yes, they're the main focus, but like right off the bat where we meet um, the staff at the hotel who are such totally different personalities. Um, and we meet the, the <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, I, I love, love to see a cast of characters that, um, are also different to one another, but they they work somehow. Um, and it makes the relationships between the characters so different and so interesting. Being able to get a story from big characters like that is what's really, really appealing to me. I don't need like big, dramatic, world-changing events to happen in the plot. I, I, I really like character-driven story and uh, and I'm getting that a lot here. Loving oh it. yeah like every character is so lovable in their own way for sure like even the characters that are you know, kind of clearly set out to be villains all have their none of the characters are black and white for sure there's just something about them that's a little bit relatable just relatable enough for you to become attached to mm -hmm. them or at least mm -hmm. even if it's not necessarily relatable it's understandable like their characters are pretty well-rounded, I feel. We meet so many important characters in this first episode. I, I made a list of some of the really important ones that we see. So Luke, from the very get-go, we meet Luke. And then we meet Michelle at the hotel. We meet Suki. We meet Lane, Rory's bestie, who, by the way, is played by Keiko Ajina, 
who was 28 <laughs> when she was right. She's playing a 16 year old and she's 28. Oh this woman is flawless. She's incredible. Ah! Um, Miss Patty. Miss Patty. Uh, adore, adore Miss Patty. And obviously Emily and Richard, very important characters. They're the um, parents, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Who I, by the way, just jumping in. Um, oh, yeah. It's Baby's mom from Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. 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 I was like, why is she so familiar? Who is this? Who is this? And then suddenly I could like, I was calling her Marge in my head. That's her name. <laughs> that's the character's name okay. in Dirty Dancing. And it's, that's her. I can hear her saying, uh, baby, stand up straight. And something about, oh, look at all this food. <laughs> are they still yeah. starving Europe? And uh, what does it say? Are they still, are there still starving children in Europe? And it's like, try Southeast Asia, ma. <laughs> or something like that. I love Dirty Dancing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Emily Bishop does white rich people very, very well. <laughs> she does the wealthy put together woman incredibly well. I think that's her name, Emily Bishop. Um, Kelly? Oh, it's, of course, Emily Gilmore. Kelly Bishop. That's the one. What I find this watch around for me, so I'm looking at it through a different lens than I was before, because when I first watched it, I didn't have kids. So right. I was just like a 20-something watching it at home. I mean, now I'm 30-something watching it at home, but I have two children. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm looking at it in terms of, Lorelai's relationship to Rory, but also Lorelai's relationship to her mother, Emily, and yeah. the differences in between how I would parent, how I've been parented, or from my children's perspective, like how they would feel in a situation like that. And it is completely different already, just from the first episode. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> it's completely <laughs> different. And now, it's changed the the meaning of the the show, like Gilmore Girls. To me, it's right. not just Rory and Lorelai anymore. It also encompasses Emily, which for me didn't as much before. But she's also one of the Gilmore Girls and plays an extremely important role in like the entire course of the show. So I'd never really looped her into that. So what were your thoughts as a whole on this first episode? Well, okay. I was instantly in it. Because of the first song. Being, I knew you would be. I knew there it. She goes. As soon as it started. There she, there she goes. Instantly. It just absolute, it. you know. Um, it transports you like, to the 90s. It just like, bing, completely. you're there. <laughs> yeah. I, I just felt, I felt safe here as well. And um, the opening shot, I think, is of like a street. Like a. Mm -hmm. like a stars hollow. It's like main yep. street of a small village yeah um it looks like canada it and does so it doesn't felt, it it does it felt really like homey and and familiar to me but yeah okay some standout things for me for the episode in general um love love loved meeting so many personalities all at once it didn't feel overwhelming it just sort of i felt like i was sort of walking through the town and just like dropping in and meeting people who populate it i loved the diversity of personalities not just in like oh she's a quirky one she's a shy one she's a whatever but they have um like it's clear that they have different standards as well like they've got um personal standards 
and uh, levels of introvert and extrovert and their own personal goals. And they were all right there, right up at the front. You learn so much in such a short span of time. Um, but I wanted, I was invested in everybody. I wanted, I wanted to know. Um, and I found that uh, I love the maturity in the conflicts. And I think what I mean by that was that um, no one was a nag, or rather the conflict wasn't coming from someone being a nag or a bully or um, insulting. You know, it was, everyone understood when it was just sort of like a, a quick quip or uh, like a little poke or prod. Like the wit flows so well because no, it doesn't get stopped up mm. on, on, you know, is this an insult or, you know, what do you mean by that? Excuse me, why would you say that? Nothing, there was nothing like that. The conflict came from the actual issues rather than, you know, just butting heads or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the, the the jabs and the snide comments. Yeah, and... yeah, it's just, it's understood that, well, that's how she speaks. That's what we talk about. Yeah. You know, that that's our, that's our way. Um, What's funny about that actually is that that works really well with everybody in Lorelai's entourage except for her mother. It yes. never lands with her mother. And mm -hmm. that's when it becomes petty from Lorelai's side because she knows mm -hmm. how her mother is and neither of them will will take a step down and like shift to accommodate the other person's personality mm -hmm. or preferences. And I think Ooh. it's really funny that because I have some stuff written down about that too. And I have some clips actually of just how dysfunctional their relationship is. Mm -hmm. And it's it's largely based on the small quips like that yes. because they never land. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. It was amazing actually how when we finally get to that scene uh, where we meet her, her parents and it's so it's Lorelai in the in the living room speaking with her mother. It feels like the shift in the comfort of the whole show. It, it's such a drastic contrast of a sh of, of of comfort. And um, th I think the perform the performance from both actresses is fantastic. Um, I actually have a but, clip of it. Should we should we quickly take a peek? Yes, yes, by all means, let's go. You said you were taking a business class. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, I um. I'm taking a business class at the college twice a week. I'm sure I told you. Well, if you're sure, then you must have. So tense. Would you like some tea? I would love some coffee. And just that right there, it speaks volumes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the Lorelei, who we have up to this point seen just rattle off words. She doesn't stumble over her sentences. There's no... Uh, ums and awkwards and stiffness um, and even like asking about coffee you know compare that to the first scene of the episode where she's 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 there she's ready for coffee here give me mm -hmm. <laughs> her, her mug you know she's totally at ease so just brilliant really really brilliant yeah uh, she's so far out of her comfort zone mm -hmm. but I almost feel like the asking for coffee was pointed like she could have easily just yes. said yes a cup of tea would be nice mom thank you mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. you want to root for Lorelai because she's the main character you want her to be like the clear protagonist in every sense of the word but then in moments like that where you feel she just is so like emotionally stunted <laughs> that yeah. she can't bring herself to 
concede at all to no. Emily in any way, shape, or form. Whereas Emily is just like she's kind of she's mean. Like she is obviously fed up with yeah. everything that Lorelai's kind of put them through. But like, oh, if you told us, well, then it must you must have told us. Like, <laughs> I want to talk about that uh, the opening scene. <laughs> um and how quickly we get the the relationship uh between Lorelai and Rory um instantly they're on the same page instantly we've got that they're they're communicating and they're blunt but they both are they're like the same level of bluntness um it's like they are not just speaking the same language but like with the same tones and the same everything they're they're I love loved how honest and open they both were with each other. Um, it's an, an unusual mother-daughter type relationship, but that's, yeah, I guess, what we're seeing with them being so much like closer in age and the that kind of... I imagine that they've done a lot of things together, if not like everything together for all of Rory's lifetime. Oh, for sure. And without a father figure... It was just the two of them. So obviously a lot of Lorelai's personality was imparted to <laughs> onto Rory. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. their yeah, their their bond and their relationship is extremely strong. And you see that from the very beginning. Um and one of the things that I love about the show and that they start off again, like right in the first scene, is the amount of pop culture references that they use. I found myself googling quite a few of them just because I was mm -hmm. like I, I got the gist of it but I didn't necessarily understand the actual context and one of the ones that they have at the beginning with the makeup is like RuPaul doesn't need this much makeup and I was just like what? <laughs> because yeah. also I hadn't watched or like I wasn't very familiar with RuPaul before going through and watching it the first time and since then mm -hmm. I've watched all of RuPaul's Drag Race and it's fantastic and I encourage everybody to run not walk to watch RuPaul's Drag Race if they haven't <laughs> <laughs> but to sashay sashay, yeah, sashay away <laughs> go watch RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> and I just I loved that that was one of the first quotes that I picked up on um mm -hmm. and I actually also wrote a list of ones that I needed to google <laughs> I was like I don't know what this means so I had to Google Jaja Gabor. I'd heard of her, but I wasn't sure what the context was. And it was like, okay, well, like Suki is asking about where the pate is. She's like, Jaja Gabor is out. So like socialite. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to Google who Flojo was. Uh, oh, yeah, Flojo the runner was, with the long nose. Yeah, the runner. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had to Google Ruth Gordon, I guess from Rosemary's Baby. I haven't seen Rosemary's Baby, so I didn't. No idea. Yeah, Dean. That lives in uh, Rory and Dean's first interaction, okay. and I had to Google when Lorelai says, "When we when we get home, you can pull a Menendez," which was two brothers who killed their parents. Oh my gosh! Oh, all right. Yeah. So it's when they were about to walk into the house uh, for Friday night dinner, and Rory was still mad at Lorelai. She's like, "You need to be civil, and when we get home, you can pull a Menendez." It's like. <laughs> What does that mean? So a lot, some of them are pretty dark. I absolutely loved uh, pointing out Macy Gray, the Macy Gray CD. Yeah. That, oh my God, straight, I was right back to grade five. It was <laughs> it's the year 2000. I'm right there, buddy. Yeah. Um, 
But also, remember flavored lip balms? Yes, I do. I think about oh. them. Is this my Roman Empire? Because I actually think about <laughs> my old school flavored lip balms all the time. <laughs> I've literally Googled trying to find what some of my old lip balms were. Is that mm-hmm. I, is that normal? <laughs> I don't I don't know, but I definitely I've been on the hunt. Okay, this is a total sidebar, but I've been on the hunt for a lip gloss that will rival the kind of things that people had in like 2000, 2001. Um, because everything now is just like, it's all plumping or mm-hmm. it's all, um, there's like some kind of sheen to it. Or obviously like a, a decade ago, it was all, everything was matte, matte this and matte that. But I remember, I remember being uh, 11 or 12. So this would have been, 2000 2001 and I had I think it was it was either a wet and wild or a lip smackers lip gloss but it was sour it was Ooh. like a sour watermelon was it in the Why clear the plastic tube like it was clear it, w- it was very watery no no oh, no okay no. it one. was like <laughs> it was um a, it was a plastic uh like bottle thing so it had like a doe foot applicator um and I think it was pink pink and green like a watermelon something like that might have been lip smackers but why the heck was I putting something sour and tingly on my lips? Just irritating the lips. It wasn't a plumping thing. It was just, but I can, I, I can still taste it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, it's still there. But yeah, it just took me right back there when they mentioned all that. It was fun for me watching the first episode again and seeing what type of things that they didn't continue to run with. So oh. some of the I'm not going to give too much away, um, but just some of the the dynamics that they decided. I don't know if it was just unpopular uh, or what, but this is actually one of the scenes that it just rubbed me the wrong way. Knowing the characters a little bit later on versus like having watched this episode. Um, mm-hmm. You're happy. Yeah. Did you do something slutty? I'm not that happy. <laughs> that scene, it was like, ew. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, I didn't like it. First of all, what's with the giggling? So much giggling in this episode. Like there was the giggling at the table with like the lip glosses and there was the giggling. Right. There's not that much giggling in the show. I'm just telling you right now. Okay. Like, this episode was giggle fest. It was so weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> later on, and I don't feel bad like giving this part away, but one of the, the things with Lorelai and her relationship with Rory is that it was always just the two of them. And Rory, or sorry, Lorelai was very careful about her relationships and dating and wasn't really willing to do a lot of that because her relationship with Rory was the most important thing and her like being a mother and working at the inn and her career. Those were the important things for her. So for this mm-hmm. like casual, like, hey, mom, are you being slutty? Like that was weird and not fully in their characters as they move forward something else that i got a clip of that i just adore and you will appreciate this as well anybody who's ever worked customer service or retail will oh, appreciate <laughs> this one it's just we have a wedding party here no there is really nothing i can do yes i'm sure a positive no i don't have to look ma'am I... yes of course i look this part <laughs> like we've all I'm done sorry, it we've all done it we know <laughs> come on michelle 
<laughs> it was just Michelle embodies my intrusive thoughts, I feel like. <laughs> oh yes. Oh absolutely. Yeah. Gosh. I I wish I had um his uh courage when it comes to, you know, taking no nonsense. No nonsense mm-hmm. at, at, at work. Oh gosh. <laughs> I wish I could muster that up. Um I've worked in various forms of retail for nearly 15 years, not just retail, but customer service for 15 years. And um, I have made a personal vow to myself that I will never, ever go back. This is also the third time that I've made this vow to myself. Oh, so hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully third time's a charm and it sticks. <laughs> so what drives me insane about the relationship between Emily and Richard and their daughter is that they're so either willfully ignorant or completely oblivious to the effect that their words and actions have on her. And Mm. I have two different clips here that highlight just how, like, I'm sure it comes from, I'm certain it comes from a place of pain, but it just, they, it's almost triggering for me to watch this show because it just would hurt so much being on the receiving end of like these quips one oh that's fancy well it's not every day that i have my girls here for dinner on a day the banks are open like that job right there like that's not necessary they're there totally make it pleasant you know yeah and then this one here just gets me right in the gut how are things at the motel the inn they're great the fact that he calls it the motel when she has ostensibly been working there for what 15 years like that yeah infuriates me well and she's what an executive manager i think she says later on yeah. lorelei's the executive manager now isn't that wonderful speaking of which christopher called yesterday speaking of which how is that a speaking of which what, uh what's the christopher the yes christopher that's Baby the Daddy. that's rory's dad that's it um an internet startup? Really? <laughs> 2000. An internet startup? Why <laughs> 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 So, an executive manager versus an internet startup. Come on now. Right? Come on. That's a good point. Um, I hadn't actually thought of that, like compared the two positions. It's, it's a motel, so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I really liked uh, the addition of Lorelai having something to do when she leaves the room and goes into the kitchen. Um, Mm. it, I think it was really, really clever storytelling and a good, like really good, uh, just character choice. She goes into the kitchen and she starts cleaning the pan. Um, even though there's like maids and, and staff there, she just, you can tell she just needs something to do to keep herself busy. And I, I just really loved that being an acting choice and, and a character choice. It just, it makes it so much richer and without even saying anything you can just tell that she's 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 in a frazzle and she's she she just needs to direct her energy somewhere and i thought that was a really really cool choice yeah like she's super agita- agitated and you could tell that that's mm. she's just like brimming with it like she needs to physically be doing something otherwise who knows what she would end up doing right like she would like break something or like she needs to be putting herself to good use otherwise mm-hmm. she would totally make it way worse for herself but Lorelai is not innocent by any means of like furthering their 
disappointment, I get not disappointment, but just like the, the, the tension and the conflict in their relationship for sure. This gets me every time, every time Lorelai does something petty, I'm like 50%. Yes. Yes. Lorelai. And then 50% like, are you like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why Grow are up. you doing this? <laughs> exactly. Grow up. And unfortunately mm-hmm. I see some of myself. <laughs> like when she and Rory are arguing at the beginning, and Lorelai's just like digging in. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. But here, right on time. Yeah, yeah, no traffic at all. I can't tell you what a treat it is to have you girls here. Oh well, we're excited too. Is that a collector's cup, or can I throw it away for you? Oh, <laughs> collector's cup. In the kitchen, please. So, I want to hear all about Chilton. Well, I haven't actually started yet. Lorelai. <laughs> like, come on, girl. I, I get it. I think my mom would be the kind of person. Like, she's the one that has, like, two different types of hand towels. Like, one of them is for the dishes, one of them is for the hands. And you cannot use your hands on the like dish towel you have to use your hands on the hand towel and there's like one on one bar one on the other like so i get that level of like um just <laughs> there's there's a waste bin right beside the door why can't i use the waste bin for my waste like i get it <laughs> but also you know that emily's gonna come by and see that it's there and be like like that's a job in her own way a few of my friends growing up had parents who were maybe not quite as uh, particular. Mm, sure, <laughs> as <laughs> as, uh, as those Gilmore parents. Um, and visiting these friends' houses, uh, I came from a household where like sort of anything goes. You know, we we didn't really have we didn't really have house rules. Um, okay. I'm I'm from a very like not very strict parenting household thing everything was just very like okay everyone gets on with whatever they want to get on with but visiting these friends houses and learning the rules for the first time I would be paranoid to do anything like I would probably I reckon if I if if I entered that front door at the Gilmore house there um and I had like tissues in my pocket and then I saw the waste bin right there and I would like like if I needed to just get rid of them, I if the waste bin's empty, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if I should put them. I I don't know if I should drop my Kleenex in or not or like what what. And I would get so so tense um, at these at these houses that I just I I didn't know I couldn't speak. I didn't know if I should like ask questions or say hello or make conversation. And I'm really glad that I've grown out of that mostly. But that was definitely something uh that I witnessed um growing up and and seeing households like this where like this is a decorative waste bin or like this is uh you know uh you're not allowed in the kitchen children are not allowed in the kitchen oh oh how how do I get a glass of water then you know just like weird rules that I just didn't understand and so I just I wouldn't even I'd get so terrified to even put a foot wrong that I would just kind of like follow one step behind whatever friend I was visiting. Very Was my house like that? No, but I did get confused about the two living rooms. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's like the family room and the living room and like nobody watched anything in the living room ever. 
It's so weird. <laughs> it's l- less like that now, but it still kind of is. So anyway, we don't need to go into my parents' like, household layout <laughs> and their uses. That's not necessary right now. But it still actually really surprises me when I go over to my parents' house and someone's watching TV in the living room. I'm like, what? what, what this this works? Like, you mean it works? No. Oh, what is happening? <laughs> It does really, really confuse me. And when my children go into that room, I still feel very like, oh, really in here. <laughs> Don't touch oh. anything. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Also, my mom has like 19 decorative camels in that room. I don't really need to be in there. It's not something my life is missing. <laughs> Love you, mom, if you ever watch this. <laughs> um, let me see. What else do I have here? So you wanted to talk about, you wanted to talk about our friend, Dean. Oh yeah. Let me let me just pull up a little <laughs> clip of our friend Dean here. Chicago. Chicago. Wendy. Oprah. Yeah, yeah, that's the place. I'm Dean. Hi. Okay. In my notes, uh so we first see him outside of the school and he's just like the only person there with like a leather jacket leaning all cool. <laughs> next to the wall and we just sort of walk past him but then the camera zooms in on him and it's like who is that guy is basically what I wrote down in my notes who is that guy and I recognized the actor but wasn't sure where from I know now it's Jared Padalecki that's fine I've literally never said his name out loud before so I hope I said it right um but I (laughs) I kept calling him mushroom cut Joe (laughs) For the rest of the episode. I couldn't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, his hair is like just the curtain of hair across his face. <laughs> it, rem- it brought me back to probably 1996 and the first time I ever saw the Backstreet Boys um, in the Get Down music video. Yeah. And that yeah. is some Nick Carter hair. And I just, it is Nick Carter I, hair. I, I just needs a bit of bleach. <laughs> um, yeah, Mushroom Cut Joe. Uh, okay. Um... I have a small issue with him that he sounds like a teacher. Is he a student? He's a student. Yeah. He's a student. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's one of one Murray's of those... peers. <laughs> okay. One of those students who never has a backpack or anything. He's yeah, he's too cool for a backpack. Too... Okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> that also is to contrast Rory for sure with her like giant box of books. Absolutely. Great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, his voice. Whoa, he sounds like a teacher. Interesting. I, so I, I, I didn't. Pick I wasn't up on quite that. sure. I'm gonna have it's to listen this, for, in like, the next episode to be like, is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just he just sounded like older yeah. and just a total outsider, and I was so confused by this this man who was suddenly talking to us, and <laughs> I I sort of put myself in Rory's place, and like, if that was me, and he started talking to me. I would, I, I, I probably wouldn't be able to answer him. I would just be yeah. like, you're not actually talking to me because no guys like that ever spoke to me. Like I was one of the, like the nerdy, you know, smart-ish girls. Like no guys like that ever spoke to me. They're the ones who, even if they were nice, they would have a friend who was like cruel or, you know, a slight bully. And the, <laughs> and like the bully would say something rude about me and then the nice guy would like go along with it or something mm. you know what I mean 
and uh and uh, yeah so this was a little fantasy moment for me watching watching well, this exchange happen i can see how like i can picture you instead of rory and how that would have gone down for sure and you would have just been like gobsmacked and deer in headlights like what but for for dean He's definitely not one of the cool kids because they don't make him like a jock. They don't make no. him, yeah, one of the like popular guys for sure. I think the the choice of the like the leather coat and stuff further paint him as like, an outsider because he doesn't mm-hmm. have like he's not from there. He doesn't dress like anybody else, and so I think that he's definitely more of an outcast in the same way that Rory is, just like slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it really interesting how his character starts out and then where it's going to go because yes, I'm intrigued. It's a little bit different as the series goes on from the Dean that we get in the first episode. Um, Ah, okay. I, I rather like that, um, that we are getting a lot of him being like the outsider. He's yeah. He's from a different city. He's just come here. He doesn't like, he like, he's despite looking like sort of the typical, um, you know, cheesy cute boy you know I say all the right things I know I'm cute and like everybody everybody wants me and I'm popular despite looking that way he's he's not on solid ground like he he's not ruling the roost here like like you would normally see in a lot of these um you know teen and young adult shows um so he manages to avoid that like that cheesy cute boy thing and I really appreciate that um and yeah I I I think it's it's a better it's interesting to see uh, that kind of a character on his own. So if I imagine, uh, if I'm thinking back to this pretend boy I've got in my brain, um, supposedly in this fantasy, he's talking to me. Um, those people, those boys, without their like entourage and backup, can be very different people. Oh, um, yeah. So, I, and and I, I really like that we're sort of able to meet him as him with sort of no preconceptions or anything we're just we're straight into okay he looks this way and he sounds this way and he you know he's 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 pretty cool but we're getting right into the heart of him and his interests and and the real him I think anyway straight away and that that stood out to me I was yeah I I can't wait for you to get more Dean later (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be awesome I do have to say though, so as a as a not cool, as in not one of the cool kids, not cool, um, smarty-ish nerd girl who got bullied and uh, was never ever shown any interest by anyone of the opposite gender or you know my preferred gender. Um, I think I developed a sort of uh, a, a defense against attractive young men. <laughs> That like okay. if some if some guy comes along and he's like stereotypically handsome, um, my immediate instinct is like, nope, don't like you. You're going to be mean to me, aren't you? Yeah, my defense. I just I I automatically assume that they're going to be some kind of a bully or they're going to cause some kind of trouble and or they're conniving or something. And and that's a that's a personal issue. I know that that's a that's a me problem. Like you think that they're just but, not um, genuinely interested in talking to you and that there's some sort of like ulterior uh, motive or Well, yeah. Yeah, I think I think my guess is always or my assumption is always that like there's going to be some kind of humiliation involved. 
um, you know, someone has put them up to it. Like, I, I, if, if it was just that one guy talking to me, I'd be like looking around like, okay, where are your friends and where are they? Because they're probably laughing at us right now, right? Oh, um, I hate that. <laughs> it's, it, I, yes, yeah, so do I. But it just, it just seemed like, it seemed like that's just the way of the world when I was that age. Now I'm looking at it and going, girl, have a backbone. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would have, I would have loved to have Rory's, uh, even, even shaky confidence. You know, she's definitely not super confident in that moment. Yeah, she no, rambles she... and babbles, but, uh, but Round even cakes. that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, I, I, I envy her, her mild, low level of courage in that moment. Mm. So I have one last clip that I want to show. Yes, please. I couldn't help myself. I just, I love, I love, I love. You look nice. Really nice. I had a meeting earlier at the bank. They, they like collars. <laughs> you look nice, too. I had a flagellation to go to. Ah. Ah. <laughs> brilliant choice of the word flagellation right like that's such a good word to break the moment also because like flagellation flatulence like what are you talking about (laughs) the chemistry and the way they look at each other like she's a yummy snack and he's a yummy snack and they just want to i love it i can't help it the chemistry is so good so remind me his name luke though so it is luke of luke's diner i see okay Yes, yeah, you'll have to bear with me. I'm mm. still coming to terms. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I mean, my preference is what he was wearing before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, my, my preference is the expression that he had on his face when he looked at her saying that she looked good. That's yes. what I'm here for. The, yes. The shirt, whatever. The interaction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and it's yeah. interesting, too, how, how clothing can... Um, Clothing and, and outfit choice can affect someone's personality and behavior, even in their own like regular surroundings and settings. So her noticing that he's dressed a little differently, um, he's a little bit, a little bit shifty. You know, just he's not yeah. in his uh, comfortable. Oh, she's yeah. she's in my diner. Here she is. I can hassle her about caffeine and coffee. Blah blah blah. Yeah, sheepish. That's 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 such a good word. Um, and I'm I'm really really in intrigued by how just that can inform their chemistry very exciting yeah yeah it's just i love their dynamic so much um for the record i have a luke's diner poster in my dining room i adore (laughs) i adore luke so much and i can see some resemblance of luke to my husband Ah, (laughs) got the flannel, the plaids and the jeans and a little bit, a man of fewer words, perhaps. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which is such a great contrast, such a great contrast to our woman of wit and words. Uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Miss Lisa in front of me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, but for the record, I met Steve before I watched Gilmore Girls. So maybe my love uh, of Luke comes from my husband first. Or I just have a tape. <laughs> that's a high compliment to Steve, your husband. So yes, I, I think anyway. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so uh, is there anything else you wanted to say before we go into the surprise lightning round that I've planned for you? Oh, fabulous. Yes. Um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so towards the end, I really appreciated that uh, Lorelai was in the position where she was sort of, she was battling accepting help. And not just her, but like everybody or several of the characters in some way were battling accepting help, which is a, a personal thing for me, something that I really, really, really struggle with, probably more than you'd think. Um, some of the sacrifices that you have to make and some of the like personal knocks that you have to take or or just admitting admitting to yourself that you need help and then also accepting help from people who are willingly giving it. Um, obviously, it's going to be very, very different depending on the particular situation, but um, I don't I don't see that much in media um, as that being one of the one of the conflict or one of the dramatic mm -hmm. points. And so I really, really appreciated seeing a young adult having to having to deal with that. Um, and then just after that scene, so they've they've they're accepting the help. They are moving along. Um, I picked up on how many times they would use words that I thought uh, people only used in like therapy sessions and stuff. So you hear about like couples counseling and whatever, and you're supposed to use words like I think and I feel that kind of language. And that's worked into the script everywhere. And right in that, uh, right towards that in the final few scenes, um, just as, as Lorelai is stepping out from her parents' house and she has, she's made this sacrifice and she's accepted their help and their assistance. Uh, she says, I feel shorter, hmm. um, which in so few words tells you so much more than just those couple words. Um, and then you get Rory with really nice message of, of, of support and, and gratitude in saying, I think it was brave of you to, to do all Ask that them for money. Um, yeah. Um, which is so wonderful to get that kind of communication from any characters you see on TV. So a nice, I feel sentiment and I think it was brave of you. Like, just such, it just shows such a nice relationship between them. I think it's, it, it's definitely not something that you see in mother-daughters very often. Yeah, like you can tell even just from that interaction how hard Lorelai tried to raise her daughter to have a relationship, like, so unlike the one that she has with her own mother that, mm. like, beyond anything else that their relationship was more important than than all of the frills and everything that mattered to the Gilmores. So Richard and Emily, because mm -hmm. they have their lifestyle, they have their expectations, they have the like their whole society minded way of thinking, mm -hmm. like traditional old money, like that kind of thought or mentality. And it's not about your relationship with your children. It's about what your children are accomplishing and mm -hmm. how they're behaving and what they're doing. Whereas you can tell that Lorelai really focused on her bond with Rory. Mm -hmm. And it speaks to her emotional intelligence at 16, where she can like tell her mom that like she was being really brave. And just thinking forward to other Rory moments where like nobody's perfect and her emotional intelligence does not come through all the time, but she's also a teenager. <laughs> so like I'm going to give her yeah. a little bit of slack for that. <laughs> um and just kind of going back to what you were saying about asking for help and the struggle about asking for help. So I do feel like in, in, in media in shows and movies and stuff, you do see 
men struggling to ask for help mm-hmm. and that it is portrayed as more of like a, a male centric issue. Uh, cause you know, like men, pride thing. Yeah, exactly. But you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of prideful women who are unable to ask for help. Like when the women, right. they're often, they either don't need help because someone's automatically doing everything for them or mm-hmm. they're portrayed as these like super confident women who are able to accomplish anything. And they're like the CEOs mm-hmm. or the whoever. Right. But you're not often shown. Yeah. The, the women who have a hard time asking for help who who need help and then can actually go through it with it and do it um mm-hmm. and i think it's interesting that they took what's what in my opinion is primarily a plot point for men and mm-hmm. they've expanded it a little bit definitely so i have just three questions for you you need to answer as fast as you can or oh my God. not it doesn't matter no pressure <laughs> <Don't want laughs> okay Okay. It's not an anxiety thing. I just I just want it to be like your gut reaction. You like your immediate Okay. All right, like, I'm ready. Okay. Good. Take a sip of tea first. Let's go. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Your favorite character so far. Oh. Oh. Oh god. So much for Spitfire round. Uh <laughs> Oh god. Oh my god, no. Lorelai. Okay. Yeah. Your Least favorite character so far? Uh, Lane's mom. Ooh, yeah, Mrs. Kim. She's nuts. Oh my god, she's nuts. <laughs> I don't know. She's, she's still in my brain. We barely even see her, but she's still in my brain. I know. I feel like we hear her from a distance more than we actually see her. Like, oh, mm-hmm. her hair. <laughs> um, yeah, Mrs. Kim is a whole piece of work. We'll, we'll get more of Mrs. Kim and we'll get to talk about her more in future episodes but you didn't touch on her at all today Uh, Mm -hmm. but that's a good choice that's a very good choice and your favorite setting or location like what was your favorite place to be Ooh. oh the diner Mm. absolutely in the diner I mean uh, we had some really nice outdoor shots down the street Mm -hmm. walking Mm -hmm. along the sidewalk and I love those I love when we get more of a sense of the world, but um, yeah, I love I, I I love the I love when a show has like a go to central uh, location that like even if in the episode they venture off like someone's out of town for the day and then they wind up mm-hmm. back, but th- having that one sort of uh, one location that they always get back to and we always visit it like at least once a once a day. It, it sort of grounds the show a little bit. In uh, in Buffy, we had um, the library. That was sort of the, the, the HQ, you know? Um, and then eventually that becomes, I guess it becomes Buffy's house. Then it's Giles's house, her watcher. Then it's uh, the magic, uh, magic box, the shop magic store. Um, and I really, really appreciate that kind of sense of we can all co- always come back here. And uh, it... it, it provide some kind of a, a groundedness for for the show awesome to me anyway. <laughs> well next week we're actually our next episode maybe next few episodes who knows we're in for a little something different because you are coming to visit me that's right and other people allegedly so as much as this is probably going to be our usual setup we are hopefully going to record an episode or two or more i don't know uh while you're visiting us in Canada. I'm so looking so, forward to it. 
yeah, as we speak, um, in uh, in less than 24 hours, I will be on a plane. So <laughs> just, you know, just to give you some context there, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the midst of packing and, and I'm on my way. And the next time you see us and hear from us, we will be we will be together. That's yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to need another chair down here. Well, you started the intro. Let me send us off. Uh, I just want to say thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, and I hope you catch us next Thursday or uh, ideally Thursday. We are going to be working out a schedule for ourselves. Um, you can find us on YouTube, at least. Um, and as far as our podcasts, wherever you stream your podcast. In the meantime, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, this was so much fun, and I can't wait to record the next episode with you and to see you and hug you. I'm so ready. Yeah. I'm so ready. Bye. Bye-bye.